2: Christians because they either don't understand it or don't believe it or know it but don't practice it that the majority of people in the Christian churches in the world today all they know is the frustration and the futility of trying to live the Christian life not with that not with the power of the spirit but with their own strength the majority of Christians do not understand You can't live the Christian life in your own strength.
0: 2,000 years has given Christians and theologians alike plenty of time to speculate and theorize on the Holy Spirit. During this time, dozens of denominations have sprouted up in the wake of countless doctrines that have been built upon different misunderstandings. In today's study, Pastor Mark asks us to set aside any background we might have And reflect on our own understanding of the Holy Spirit. Primarily what it means to be baptized in the Spirit. In our message, we learned that this fundamental doctrine can greatly change how we view the Christian life and how we live it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 11, with part one of his message entitled, The Benefits of Obedience.
1: Lord, let
2: your I'm going to ask you a question this morning. If I would give you a piece of paper and ask for you on this paper in 75 words or less to tell me all you know about this subject... It'd be very interesting to see what you would know. Here's the subject. The Holy Spirit. What would you know? What do you think you know? Do you know anything about the Holy Spirit? Here's the second thing I'm going to ask you to do. This one's going to be very hard. In our church, we're a non-denominational church. We're not against denominations. That's just who we are. That means in our services we have probably at least 30 different denominations represented. You've all come from all kinds of places, from Jewish to Mormon to Jehovah Witness to you name it, we have it. Catholic, all, every kind of Protestant denomination there is. We probably have way more than 50. But I know at least we have 30. Now what I want you to do for this next hour... this is why it's hard. Forget your background. And just immerse yourself into the text where we're going to be today. Jesus. He's going to be introduced as the Messiah. This is 2,000 years ago. There's not a Calvary Chapel. There's not First Presbyterian. There's not the First Baptist. There's not Pentecostal. There's not any... There's not Calvinism. There's not... Well, there's Jews and pagans. And here's the first introduction of this thing that eventually will be called Christianity. And I want you to understand that. And I want you to put on... Now, I'm going to have to remind you a number of times because as I say some things, we're going to go through some very interesting things this morning. When I go through that, immediately in your mind, because you background back, going no, 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 that's no, not right, it's not right. It's not right. So just put it aside and work through it. And I think you'll, you'll learn a lot today. We begin in verse 11. John the Baptist says this, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one, who is Jesus, who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. If you thought writing about the Holy Spirit was difficult, here's one that's going to be very difficult. Notice what he says. He, or Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire he jesus will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire what does that mean to you now remember there was no confusion about this in those days we didn't have the fours the against the middles this is just a bold statement now many many christians this morning have really no knowledge of they have a little bit of knowledge about the holy spirit and we get a little of that knowledge because of baseball. Before I hit, I want a homer. I do this, and the pitcher does this, and God's confused. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. Vey, what you... so, so this morning, what it, what is it, from your background, if, if you know anything at all, what does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? let alone with fire. Most Christians don't really understand that. Second, other Christians have the wrong understanding of what that means. And you'll see as we go through, I'll point that out to you because many of you were raised, "Oh, that was a cool thing that happened way in the past, but man, that has nothing to do with today. Others of you, well, you know kind of exactly what this means. Maybe you've been in this church. And by the way, there are no perfect churches. We're going to have an all right. But I think as you look at scripture this morning, it will be very clear to you. You see, you know what being baptized with the Spirit means. Theologically, man, you, you understand it. It's here. But here's the gap. You know what it means. But very few of us practice it. We have this incredible knowledge, those of us that understand what this is for, and it's for today and all those things. But, but when I move it to my everyday life, there's very little proof that I understand what that means. That means most Christians, because they either don't understand it or don't believe it, or know it but don't practice it, that the majority of people in the Christian churches in the world today, all they know is the frustration and the futility of trying to live the Christian life, not with that, not with the power of the Spirit, but with their own strength. The majority of Christians do not understand you can't live the Christian life in your own strength. Now, why the confusion? Why is this subject Why does it come up on our? You say, Pastor Mark, you're going to talk about this? Well, sure, we go through the Bible verse by verse. There it is. It's going to be there. Now, why the confusion? Really, the confusion today is because largely because of the excesses and abuses of well meaning Christians. They cause confusion, they cause division when we speak about things about the Holy Spirit and specifically the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The greatest culprit, I'm sorry to tell you, is Christian TV. If you watch Christian TV and you ask yourself, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It is some of the weirdest stuff you have ever seen. We've been through it all. People barking. I'm filled with the spirit. You laugh, but it's sad. A few years ago we went through the laughing deal. You know, you had to laugh in the spirit in church. And the whole service was just people laughing. <laughs> the whole service was just people laughing. So a visitor walks in and goes, See ya. You took it to work, and your boss says, Do you have the report done? No! Ha <laughs> ha! filled with the Spirit, you're fired. (laughs) And because of this weirdness, the truth is missed. I want to bring some sanity to the principles of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I watched TV the other night, and again, well-meaning people are Christians going to be in heaven with us. This guy is talking about overflow me, just overflow me. And he's screaming at these people and, and they have ladies coming in. You're know, you, you going to fall right down in the spirit. The only person that ever fell down backwards were the people that needed to be convicted when Jesus was raised from the dead. It wasn't Christians. So these people are falling everywhere and screaming, overflow, overflow, overflow. And I said, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And they, the women fall and they put a little thing over their skirts so nothing shows. And If Jesus was there, he's out of there. He's out of there because it's weirdness. Now, how do we bring, there was no confusion in Jesus' day, and you're going to see it. It's very clear. How do we get back to what is absolutely necessary in our lives? How do we bring some semblance and don't quench the spirit, but don't become a circus in church? How do we do that? We're going to learn this morning. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. In a little town called Nazareth, way in the north of Israel and Galilee, one day Jesus, at the age of 30, well, he laid down his carpentry tools for the last time. And he had just heard from God, his father, that His earthly ministry was now to begin. God said to Jesus, you're to go to the Jordan, and you're to be baptized by John. And Jesus obeyed. He left and walked many miles to the south, almost to the Dead Sea where the Jordan goes into it. And he walked down there to be baptized by John the Baptist. He obeyed something as we go through the book of Matthew and all the gospels, you see this repeatedly. Jesus says in John 14, 31, but the world must learn that I love the father and that I do well, I do exactly what my father has commanded me. You see, Jesus said to us, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus knew that obedience always pleased God. So here's Jesus. Let's get the picture. John the Baptist is there. It's kind of muddy waters because it's the end of the Jordan. People are being baptized, as we learned last week, for repentance. John had said to the people, I'm baptizing you with water, but there's one who's greater than me. He's coming. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So Jesus walks out, and we don't know if there was a lot of people still being baptized. People argue, about who cares about that? But let's just say there were some people over here, and Jesus walks out into the water. And he reintroduces himself to John the Baptist. Now, they were cousins, but probably hadn't seen each other for years. And Jesus says to John, baptize me. Look at verse 14. This is in my words. But John said to Jesus, say what? You want me to baptize you? No way, Jose. You baptize me. Now, Why is John the Baptist reluctant to obey and baptize Jesus? Why? Well, let me just share this with you. From birth, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit. Was filled with the Holy Spirit. That means he had a sensitivity to spiritual things. Certainly he knew of the miracle birth of Jesus since they were cousins. And yet, even at this point, John the Baptist... He knows there's something special about Jesus, but he doesn't know he's the Messiah as yet. You say, well, that's how can that be? Well, look what we're told in John chapter 1. You see it here. John 1.33. John says, I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, when you see the Holy Spirit descending and resting upon someone, when you see that happening he is the one you are looking for. He is the one who, here we go again, baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist won't know that this is truly the Messiah until after he baptizes him. Then why was John the Baptist hesitant? Well, Somehow, because he was a man of the Spirit, he sensed there was something special about Jesus. He just knew that Jesus was, was more righteous than him. Because remember, John the Baptist's baptism was for one thing baptizing for repentance of sins. So he says to Jesus, No, I know about your birth. You're a special person. I, I, I'm not, I, I can't baptize you. Look what Jesus says in verse 15. Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It's proper for us, both of us, to do this. Why? Because it's the right thing to do, to fill all righteousness. Then it says, then John consented. So Jesus says to John, Know the command I got from God, it was very clear to me, was to leave my home, put my carpenter tools down, come here, my ministries to begin, to begin... I must be baptized by you. Now John, I know you don't understand it, but you have to trust God and obey. And it says in verse 15 that John the Baptist humbly obeyed and he baptized Jesus. Now what benefits will come from John the Baptist obeying God and Jesus obeying God? Lots of, th- lot of good th- here let me just say it, lots of good things happen in your life when you obey God. Nothing good in your life happens when you don't obey God. Here's a statement to write down. Obedience to God, and you'll see this in our story, allows us to see and experience God's, well, supernatural power. Not weirdness, but supernatural power in and through us. When I obey God, God says, that's a person that I can use. And incredible things begin to happen in my life. Now... Since we know that Jesus was sinless and perfect, the question we have to ask is this. Why in the world did God ask Jesus to be baptized? He's sinless. Why do it? Let me give you five reasons this morning, and I think these are the benefits of a baptism and benefits of obedience. Number one, Jesus was baptized and I encourage you to write them down because it will make sense to you. To authenticate John the Baptist's ministry. Remember, by allowing John the Baptist to baptize him, Jesus was affirming that the ministry of John the Baptist was true. John was God's prophet sent to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. He had said that to all the people. He says, God called me out of the wilderness And all the people were coming out and being baptized. And one of his principal parts of his sermon was not only to repent, but repent because the Messiah is coming. And when the Messiah comes, by the way, he's going to baptize you not with water, but with the baptism of the Spirit and with fire. Number two, Jesus was baptized to identify with sinful men but not identify himself as a sinner this is very important that you understand this jesus became a man so he could identify and take on him the sins of the whole world so he came to identify with us in the bible we see that when jesus became a man that he got tired he wept He was tempted, the Bible says, in all ways, and yet sin not. So he left heaven and came to earth, and he came for one reason, to identify with us. We have a God who, well, well, he put on our flesh. And so Jesus knows what you're going through, the difficulties you're going through today, God knows. Because Jesus lived here as a man. He understands all the things we go through. I can identify with somebody like that. That's why he got in the waters, Next to the other sinful people. He was identifying with them. Now remember, even though he was identifying with them, he was sinless. You have to understand this principle. He was not sin, but he was identifying with sinful people. Notice this verse. 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to become sin for you and me. So that in Him, in Him, with a relationship in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. I might be right with God. Let me explain how that goes. Here we go. Here's Jesus. He's in heaven. Here's man. Now here's God, holy God. Man is sinful. Sin separates from a holy God. I'm born in sin. I can't talk to God. I can't get to God. I can't get to heaven because my sin blocks me. Well. God said to his son, come to earth, become like a man, and as you're there, identify with these people. Jesus lived his whole life. He never sinned once. He went to the cross. On the cross that you see behind me, this is what Good Friday is all about, he took on him the sins of you, and you, and you, and you, and and me, Past. Present and future. Notice, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. He took all of that on him. Why? So that he would bridge the gap between a sinful man and a holy God. My sins, if I accept Jesus' work on the cross and ask him into my heart, my sins are paid for. There's no other way to pay for them. My sins are paid for. And because my sins are paid for, then I become the righteous. I, I'm in right standing with God. I can pray to God. I can talk to God. I can go to heaven. It, by the way, Jesus said these little words. Maybe the most three powerful words in the whole world. It is finished. It's done. It's over with. So when Jesus was getting baptized, he was identifying with us. And yet... He was still sinless. Number three, Jesus' baptism was a symbol. A lot of things in the Bible are symbols of his own death, burial, and resurrection. You see, when he was immersed, and baptism is immersion, the Jews knew what baptism was. If you go with us to Israel, you'll see the mikvahs the cleansing baths that the Jews took they were immersed they weren't sprinkled they were immersed so when Jesus goes down into the water and comes up out of the water it's symbolizing spiritually what's going to happen listen to McDonald baptism for him was a ritual symbolizing the way in which Jesus would fulfill all the righteous claims of God against man's sin his immersion typified his baptism in the waters of God's judgment at Calvary His emergence from the water foreshadowed his resurrection. By death, burial, and resurrection, he would satisfy the demands of divine justice, in other words, God's justice, and provide a righteous basis by which sinners could be justified. So Jesus' baptism was symbolic of him going to the cross, being put into the ground, and being raised on Easter Sunday morning. Number four. Jesus was baptized to give us an example to follow if I'm to be like Jesus Then I have to pattern my life after him So when he came even though he had no sin He went into the waters to do two things one to show that He obeyed what God said It was a command from God to go down and be baptized and number two he was showing us That baptism was very important. Baptism in water would actually be one of the two ordinances that Jesus would leave to the church. There are two ordinances. One is communion, and the second is water baptism. In today's study with Pastor Mark, we learned
0: that our understanding of the Holy Spirit can greatly impact our lives as Christians. In our message, we learned the importance of being baptized in the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis. Rather than being baptized as a one-time event, Pastor Mark taught us that it's the Spirit that strengthens us in our walk each and every day. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 3335, and the title of this message is The Benefits of Obedience. Again, today's message number is 3335, and the title of this message is The Benefits of Obedience. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time on Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark discusses the importance of discipleship. In our message, Pastor Mark will reflect on the common belief that becoming a Christian stops at baptism. This, of course, as we'll learn, is merely the beginning of a new and exciting life of fellowship and growth with an all-loving God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: in a hurry.